All right. So happy Tuesday, everybody. I'm Ryan Block. Uh, it has been a long time. Well, not really that long. About six weeks since I've done an episode of the Open Heart Collective. And uh, I've been really excited to get this particular guest on the show and, and make a return to the Open Heart Collective because honestly, this topic of conversation has become even more important than it already was. So I'm waiting for my guest to join here on Instagram so he that we can get the conversation. He yep, did not I'm appear live in now. the corner. But... <laughs> Sorry, you're not appearing in the corner. I'm not appearing in the corner, everybody. This is not a good thing. We should be able to fix this. Well, to those of you guys who are on Instagram who are tuned in, Lennox and a couple others, I want to say thank you. Um, life has happened a lot as of late, and uh, I had to take a little break from producing content for this show, for myself, just content in general I've taken a break from. Um, and unless I can, my guest, as I look at fa the Facebook feed, can, all right, Instagram, we're going to do you a favor. If you see this, if you're seeing this right now, I want you to go to the link in my profile. In, the link, in that link, you'll see a link to my Facebook page. And on that Facebook page will be this video that we're starting right now. So bye, Instagram. <laughs> and the live video, sharing live video. All right, cool. That's fine. Well, my Instagram we will, is overwhelmed. It's it's shutting down. It, 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 hey, it wouldn't be the first time that that's happened. <laughs> so if I'm being honest, like, oh, hey, another Instagram malfunction, like, okay. So. Sorry about right. that. No, it's fine. <laughs> so if you guys are now just tuning in, sorry for the delay, Facebook. I know you saw a couple minutes of, uh, of, Technical difficulties. And, uh, we we are going to get the conversation <laughs> right. We'll, we'll we'll call it technical difficulties because that's all they need to know. But um, anyways, so this is episode fourteen here of season three on the Open Heart Collective, and um, as you guys know, that this is a mental health focused conversation that just happens to be broadcast live to anybody who wants to listen, everybody who should listen because the conversation around mental health is an important one and we're not having it enough, which is exactly why this show exists. Now, this show is unlike any podcast that you will come across because this is a live, live unedited episode where myself and my guest, who happens to be Dr. Joanne this evening, have a raw, real, live conversation about mental health. And... In this conversation, we're going to address a couple of things. One, we're gonna hear Joanne's story, because story is important. Number two, we're gonna specifically focus in on what were some of the obstacles, the darkness, the struggles that she's had to overcome in her own life to get to be where she is now. And last but certainly not least, what's exciting, what's lighting a fire in her world right now, because that is the most important focus of any mental health journey, because if we only talk about the struggle, only hit on the darknesses, of life, that's only half of the conversation. Because that, only talking about the dark elicits no hope, elicits no 
vision for the future on how life could be once you get beyond the dark times that you're currently in. And we'll talk about a couple other exciting updates on my end and stuff like that as we move through this conversation tonight. But with no further ado, Dr. Joanne, introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm a vegan veterinarian, and I try to inspire and empower every animals and humans on my path to live to live the best life that they can and also to die with dignity. So having the best death. And I specialize in end of life services, end of life care for animals and grief counseling for the families, uh, two and four legged uh, friends who are left behind. And this journey has been definitely uh, very unexpected for me when I got into vet school. That was not my plan from the beginning. What was your plan from the beginning? <laughs> um, well, hey, I we knew have I was, an hour. I knew I was yeah, always going to be a. <laughs> I love animals, so I was born. I was meant to spend my life helping them and working with them. I I'm not good at many uh, other things, so life has always brought me back to animals. But when I was a child, I was already sitting in the backyard and just playing with the ants and the earthworms and just being fascinated by nature around me. And and I was a middle right. child, so I was more of a loner. We had some cousins, but they would play with my brother and my sister, so I would kind of be alone. So I created my own little world with animals. Um, and as a teenager, I worked in a wildlife refuge, so that was wonderful. I really, again, felt at home, you know, trying to find where we can thrive is really, you know, where's your place in life? And and that changes too. You know, one of my biggest realization is that life is like a book. Um, it has a lot of chapters and chapters are going to end on you when you don't think they will or you just don't expect. And you try to resist that. Right. And the more you resist, the worse it gets, you know, then it's pain and it's rotting mm -hmm. and stagnation. Uh, so you have to either deal with that or um, take the leap of faith and try to overcome your fears and say, okay, well, everything is pushing me down, you know, off that cliff and I'm just going to go for it because no, the other option of stagnation and, and rotting in that old chapter is not good. Um, so luckily I've been able to take that leap of faith and yes, my imaginary wings have appeared uh, a few times, quite a few times, and it's exhausting, yes, because you think, okay, now we're settled, but no, that next life chapter ends, and here we are again, uh, just yep. needing to jump off the cliff again, and hoping that, okay, we, you know, once you've climbed that mountain, you're at the top, nothing, there's nothing better for you there, you need to get off that mountain and climb the next one higher up, and so now we've got some momentum going, there was some hard, definitely some hard times, uh, my job is hard. I've lost a few colleagues um, because uh, suicide is uh, very, very present amongst veterinarians. That's uh, there's a crisis really, really in our profession, and now more and more articles. Uh, let, uh, yeah, I want to I want to pause on that for one second. If you think for one minute that suicide doesn't affect literally every demographic of human on this planet yeah. you need to rethink your your you just need to rethink it because 
you could be the most successful. You could have the most money, the best family, the best of everything. You could literally be living your dream and still be struggling on the inside. And it's it's painful to hear that because I, I mean, I now having had nearly 45, 50 guests I'm at now, but as many guests as I've heard, that statistic that you just said, I have heard for musicians, I have heard for entrepreneurs, I have heard for coaches, I have heard for creators, I have heard for every single demographic you can possibly imagine. So for those of you who are listening or watching this right now or after the fact, if you think it doesn't affect those people close to you, it does. I, I agree. And, you know, it might be the times of the world. I mean, I know suicide is always, you know, life is not easy, even when it's easy, like you're saying, you know, even right. when it seems like, oh, this person has it made. Um, it's a journey that really happens on the inside more than on the outside. So, um, but you know, my, so they're, they're basically trying to pinpoint, you know, what's happening and it's good for, it's good for all, um, jobs. I guess some jobs you need to be more, your emotions are going to be more raw. You can't really block it. So I, I understand yeah. how musicians, you know, artists who are really feeling the world, um, and that, uh, to me, that applies to veterinarians who are dealing with suffering, you know, animals suffering. Um, and to, so for me, it's, it's, suffering because their animals are suffering. Yeah. yeah, there is a lot of pain that you can't block. You know, you're you're in it. I mean, you're swimming in it. And just like the the, me the medical doctors also dealing with people, they, they need mm -hmm. to, if you want to be a good doctor, like you need to feel the pain. You need to have that compassion to help. Um, but yeah, everybody in the healthcare system uh and shelters you know i mean everybody has a reason to feel suicidal we we all have some mental you know stresses and then you look at the world today i mean we can't compare because we were not here you know 50 years ago or 100 years ago but just looking at this crazy place and um the young people you know teenagers committing suicide like that just breaks my heart that they feel really hopeless and i understand how they feel because uh, where's this world going? You know, it's very depressing when you see what the leaders are doing or not doing, and you just want to to do something. And then about you take it platforms like Instagram and Facebook and social media in and of itself, and how people utilize it for negative attribution, right? Negative self gain, to where they'll benefit, but at the cost of somebody else. And yeah. that's what that's social. the really infuriating part. Because, yeah. I mean, we came, you and I came together because of social media, right? Yeah. So it, it inherently is not bad. It's how do we use it right now? And how is that affecting those who are around us? Because if we don't use it right, it, it, it's like what, um, I'm, I'm going to quote Spider-Man's uncle here for a second. But like, with great power comes great responsibility. This yeah. tool, this ability That's we have to connect with anybody in the world at the drop of a dime is a great power. And a lot of us aren't using it responsibly. So I'm sorry, I keep interjecting. Yeah. I'm just, I'm oh, excited no. to be go, back. Go. And the fact yeah, that it's fun. It's fun, I well, love your input, you know? this is not the Ryan you know? show, so. 
trust me, everybody who's watching or who has mm. listened to my content enough knows that I, I don't shut up often. So I'll let you can take. Oh. I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, social media can be the most beautiful thing because it allows us to connect with kindred spirits, right. you know, people that share the same, the same pains, the same places in, in life. You know, you have your calling. I have mine. We, we all join forces with by just doing what we do best. So for me, it's really with animals right. and other people do other things and we all still need to eat and have a roof over our head that doesn't leak. And so it's really a team effort on all these aspects. But yes, we all need to be mm -hmm. mindful of ultimately, what's amazing to me though, is that even though we're all like different, we're all also all the same inside and learning the same life lessons. And what's the goal? Well, I think one of the goal of living is to be the best human being you can be. So no matter what you do, treating everybody with respect, with compassion, helping one another, and uh, everybody is equal. Like each life matters, and I extend that to insects. You know, now the bees are all getting going extinct. You know, we need everybody, and we're taught as a child just, oh, crush that nasty spider. You know, it's gonna eat you. What? You know, is our spiders that bad? Since <laughs> when? They're so tiny. <laughs> I can save I, all the I spiders. Have a, I, I have <laughs> such a fun story about that. Again, ran, random interjection, but then again, we're being humans right now, right? That's yeah. the core of all of the, that's the core of this show is how can we be just humans together and have an interact and create impact. But so a few weeks ago, my my kids were getting ready one morning, and um, my daughter comes screaming from one side of the house to the other. There's a there's a bug or there's a spider or something like that. And just hides in the kitchen, right? Exact opposite end of the house from where the event had occurred. Next thing I know, my son is coming down the stairs out to the back door to let out this tiny little spider he had found crawling around his room. And he was calm, like calm as day with this spider in his hand. I'm like, what's in your hand? And then he let it go. And sure enough, it was a spider. And I'm like, hmm. Perspective right one the other one goes calm that's a really good metaphor for life right now right because yeah. who's to say that if that spider wasn't on him that he would have freaked out and my daughter would have been the one to be calm so it, it's it's what you make it to be and it's ob ob oftentimes perception but yeah. everything matters is the the and crux, when you not the crux but the culmination of that story yeah and when you look at nature because i always find that nature and animals are the best teachers you know and if you want to live you know, to live a few years at least and to to stay healthy you need to control those that loss of energy you need to decide where you're going to put your energy towards you know so um, I know quite a few people who are very dramatic or and who get sick all the time because everything is an emotional shock. You know, how can you go through life like this? And um, of course, what I do as a veterinarian, I mean, it forced me to be calm because somebody has to stay calm when an animal is dying or ha having an emergency or um, but it's right. important for everybody to learn that skill of, hey, here's the problem. And what can we do about it? You know, because we all have to face right. 
problems and diseases and illnesses can come up quickly and somebody get hit, gets hit by a car or a bus, you know, and uh, it can switch, you know, life can just switch really quickly. And so if we don't lose that energy into being so responsive or reacting, you know, overreacting, and we can just keep that focus, okay, what am I going to do about this now? And then you stay in your power and intuition, you know, you listen to all of the feelings in your body, your heart, your gut, your brain, obviously, and you put it all together to make the best decision so we can have a happy outcome and at least uh, not have regrets as much as possible. And we're here to learn. So obviously we get hurt, we make mistakes and we we have to keep going. Right. You know, that's, right. that's, there's no point in beating ourselves up. I mean, we were all born clueless. So we just have to you know, accept that. We have to get a clue. <laughs> we have to get a clue and it takes some time. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, so thank you for sharing. And and going into your story a little bit, I think I, I want to go a little bit. Um, so as you're moving through, obviously, I mean, attain, attaining a doctorate in medicine, veterinary medicine for that matter, is not an easy task. The road for you to have gotten from an adolescent to now, or even an adolescent to just entering um, veterinary medicine, what was that? What was that journey like for you? Because, I mean, you you mentioned it earlier, being the middle child, kind of be, feeling alone, feeling kind of a bit of an outcast, having to be by yourself a lot. What was, or what were some of those moments that were pivotal for you to become who you are now? It was really, when I started embracing the fact that being alone was not lonely, it was powerful because I didn't have to bother with anybody else's input. Sorry, if I had a microphone, I would, I would mic drop that moment because you're it, if you're watching this in the replay or listening to this after the fact, please go back and listen to that same comment again because it was powerful. Anyways, continue. I mean, then you just become, again, you with yourself. So ultimately for me, I was pretty numb uh, going through vet school. I was in my brain a lot. I was not vegan at the time. I was not aware of the world. There was no internet. You know, I didn't even have an email address so i had this no cell phone no car <laughs> okay okay what era what no. what year is this that you're, <laughs> are we not thought when i mean i'm not trying to gauge age here but like no I'm but really just that was 2000 that's a different yeah. time. like 1999 yeah i got my first cell phone 2001 when i graduated from vet school and my first car 2001 and that's when i moved to the states so after i grew up in canada i spoke french only so i couldn't even read english on the internet if there were an internet like we were yeah it was a nice sheltered life um i didn't I know bet. the problems of the world so i was really happy and then i came to the states and um so i was happy but my biggest issue growing up was always that I was around a lot of people with a lot of opinions and they seemed to know what they were talking about. And I knew that I didn't really know much about life. So I would listen and I would follow. And when my gut feeling or my heart would tell me one thing, but somebody else seemed so confident about their own theory, I would tend to let them be right until it bit me in the butt so many times 
that when I finally finished vet school and moved to Michigan, I so crossed the states, the line, and I was by myself more alone than ever. It became such a freedom to be able to hear my own self think and feel things for me. Mm -hmm. And nobody was there to tell me, oh, I don't like your hair. You shouldn't have cut it or you should wear this or that. Like all of that toxicity was gone. And I could reinvent myself because nobody knew me in the States, you know, so it was powerful. And no, and nobody knew you in the, in these spaces because this yeah. didn't exist then. No. Like, okay. So 1999, 20 years ago. Yeah. Like I remember what I was doing in 1999. Like I was, uh, let's see, I graduated. I was sophomore in high school and same thing like okay we we had television we had we had in the states we had my with this fancy thing called it was myspace out then no i think myspace wasn't until anyways we we had all of these things that were coming we had like internet chat rooms and the fancy thing that m no kids nowadays will ever know the sound of dial up internet yeah <laughs> okay um went back in time there for a second talking about dial up internet but um but even then it was how you communicated with people and and the way that you communicated and interacted with one-on-one -on -one versus one and a hundred thousand or a hundred million people through all of these platforms so the feeling of feeling alone was more true then than it is now, it's just a different truth, right? Yeah. Because yeah. when you were alone, you were alone. You weren't yeah. alone and then had a community of 10,000 people that also supported you. No. So. so I would just sit in the yard with the insects and they were my friends and uh, they really inspired me because my brain, my brain goes, you know, pretty fast. It, it's always questioning the world. And uh, and so luckily, you know, I had a lot of time on my hand to think and question again the world and animals would give me good answers. And still today, they're motivating me. They're, I, they're, I'm pushing the limits of like all questions need an answer and animals mm -hmm. are giving me that answer ultimately. So interesting. Um, I ended up, you know, writing a first book, but now there's a second one coming because my brain is just going like it needs to come out. So right. So. <laughs> You went to you went to you went to vet school in Montreal. Uh, Montreal, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then moved to the states. How when did you pr start to? When did you open a practice? When did you go to work for a practice? In correlation to when you wrote and published your book. So I was in Michigan for a year. I was doing a wrote an internship, so it's a, a, a specialization, and then. I ended up in uh, New York area and just outside of New York City, um, and I met my husband there, and that was very uh, just a blessing. How our lives cross, you know, our paths crossed, and I was okay. Let's let's go. You know, he had a dog named Haley, and we hated the Northeast uh, by then. That's how the name comes to be. Okay, anyways, continue. So I think we need to ask you that for weeks now, <laughs> but I, you just. Preventing so, me from having to do that. Haley was a four-legged friend that uh, my husband had rescued. And we, by then we were, we were trying to buy a house, you know, we were getting married, like just right away. Like our, 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 our land, our life was just, uh, it was love at first sight. Let's do this. Let's get married, get a house. 
but we we couldn't find any place that we liked and we hated the snow ultimately luckily we realized that we were not thriving in the northeast and um we both felt like depression you know we were more at risk of depression winters just sucks you know we hate them uh we need the I, sunshine i don't know so it's amazing just from rockford illinois who dealt yeah. with subarctic temperatures no, last, it's uh, huge. seven months ago yeah Luckily, we realized, okay, we, we were free. And my husband has traveled a lot, you know, so he put a lot of my fears at ease and just said, ultimately, you know, if we have, we have each other. So what more do we need? You know, gratitude and just, yeah, let's, let's, let's get out of here. You know, I didn't have any job that I was really in love with. I could just up and go and be a veterinarian anywhere. And my right. husband was a DJ at the time. So we're like, uh, so his parents were moving to Santa Fe, New Mexico, because that was on their bucket list and they wanted to go there. So we started looking around the Southwest United States and we just fell in love with Arizona. And we're like, you know, let's just go have saguaros in our backyard. It's going to be so cool. <laughs> so we just went for that, you know, let's just go have some fun in the far, far West. And we were right. there for 11 years. And Haley actually was getting old and she had some arthritis in the Northeast, but uh, that went away. The dryness of the desert really gave her a few years of life. Um, but then the time came that she got old and she was suffering. And so I had to make the decision to euthanize her, you know, my husband and I. And I, I was able, luckily, to bring the medications home to her because she was in bad shape. She had trouble breathing and and it was it was easy for me i worked at the hospital i could just take the meds home and help her at home comfortably and little that i knew at the time after she died obviously i was devastated but everything changed and i don't believe in coincidences um synchronicity started happening where people started calling me to come help them euthanize their pet at home and I was trying, so that was the beginning of a huge life chapter, but I was resisting that beginning because it was scary. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I had never been on my own, you know, working with clients. I already, I always had a backup, like a colleague that I, that could come save me if God forbid something goes wrong. So, but Haley's presence, that was the first time in my life where I felt like she was there pushing me and orchestrating this new chapter for me. And finally, I'm like, okay, well, people are calling, animals need help, and mm -hmm. let's just hope I can pull this off, that I can do a good job, because I care about the animals, and hope. And so it helped me, Haley put me out of my comfort zone, so I could dig deep inside and build some confidence, and, and getting to know where, who I was, you know, building some new skills, and realizing that, wow, this is amazing. So um, this was 12 years ago. And that in-home euthanasia service snowballed. You know, I helped over 10,000 families and I was working every day. I mean, it was crazy. It became completely out of hand. And I knew, you know, people would tell me, oh, just hire another veterinarian and this and that. But people wanted me and I didn't want to have to bother with um, being in charge of somebody else. And it's kind of, it's more complicated than that, too, because we more need control, controlled licenses and everything. You know, it's just... But I reached a I reached a wall there where things were not working anymore. It was going to kill me, literally. Um, and so at that time, you know, that was we had been in the desert for eleven years, and wow, we the life chapter had ended. You know, my husband had 
needed to feel more alive and I didn't realize how you know our life was just not not good there was no quality to it I was working every day and and being home but not being there mentally I was so waiting I was always on call you know because you can't schedule euthanasias people call and the pet is suffering and let's go so we started looking at you know California east coast uh, Florida really everything pushed us towards Florida so the, the hardest thing I had to do in my life was to fire myself, close the service and say, you're done. Get out of here. Get out of there. And, you know, I went to my husband. Damn, to Dr. Push. Joanne with the mic drops <laughs> moments tonight. Okay, continue. I mean, I, I knew this was going to be a really great conversation to come back from a small hiatus on, but I didn't think it was going to be this good. Continue. It's, it's exhausting. But, you know, so my husband's attitude has always been to fight for his happiness and and I knew from having seen death, you know, so many times with animals and then fearing for my own life right. because I've had a few near, you know, car accidents because I was so sleep deprived and on the road all the time. The signs were building up, you know, like little warnings from the universe to say, well, if you don't stop this yourself, I'm going to stop it. And I and I really feel like that's a lot of the reasons why we get sick or we get mm -hmm. hurt. We just don't listen. You know, your heart tells you one thing, you know, you're out of balance completely, but you're resisting and you're afraid. And I know I was there and it's like, okay, this service that was completely amazing. It was the biggest blessing in my life now turned into my biggest curse. Like I'm a prisoner and that's true. It's going to, you know, my, I, I didn't, I never checked my blood pressure because I think it would have really been through the roof, but I just knew, I just right. knew I was done, you know, I had nothing left. So um, we moved to Florida and so we had no jobs, no jobs lined up. We saved ourselves. We just knew we, okay, him and I, and all the animals, which cats, a couple cats, couple dogs, a couple bunnies, three chickens, let's hit the road and let's just go. <laughs> So um, I, I'm, inva I'm envisioning that caravan in my head <laughs> and it's a really fun mental picture. I'll tell you that much. And, you know, and we thought that was going to be a one time, uh, one time deal, you know, <laughs> but we, well, we're moving to the state of hurricanes. And so uh -huh. our last, you know, famous last words, cause my husband and I, we talked about hurricanes and that's one of the reasons we did, we moved to Arizona because my husband liked Florida but we were afraid of hurricanes way back when, so that right. 16 years ago. So we moved to Arizona, but now we had decided after 11 years, okay, God forbid uh, one hurricane a year hits us. It's still, we're not going to regret this, you know? Right. So that caravan of animals prepped us for one hurricane a year. So we've been here three years and we've been through two hurricanes and now we're waiting for the third one this year. Um, <laughs> but we have it under control, you know, okay, pack up the food. Now we have a pig that found us. So it's, it's going to be a little more interesting, but the pig rides okay. in the car really well. Um, this pig goes to the beach. He's awesome. We leash trained him. Uh, so we oh. we're good. We have a plan, you know, if hurricane hits, we can hit the road with the animals and the pig. It's all good. Um, but anyway, you know, <laughs> so, um, that attitude of just, yeah, let's see what happens and let's not be rigid about that was not quite the plan. But at the same time, the best things that have happened to me have been planned by the universe, like not not by me, other beings or power, extra powers that right. have forced us out of our comfort zone. And it's been amazing. We got to Florida. We started finding pennies, random pennies all over our yard. And my husband and I are like, well, wow. weird thing to find 
we're yeah. in a weird place to find pennies, I should say. But it was so comforting. We're like, okay, we're going to be all right. That's a little sign from the universe. Like, okay, we're going to find jobs. We're going to reinvent ourselves and, and we're going to be okay financially, you know? So we've always lived on that edge, but that's where life really happens. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it, it's, I've been going through a lot of the same lately, right? I There's been moments and situations where, for instance, my health, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on that as uh, kind of a uh, primary. Um, number one, I, I was out at a wedding last year and my wife and I were there and we got back and I saw this picture of me and then I'm like, wait a second. No, 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 no. That's not me. That, that guy's standing right there. No, no, I don't feel like that guy, but I sure as hell looked like that guy. And, uh, holy hell. I'm like, no, I'm getting ready to turn 35. This was last year. I'm getting ready to turn 36. Now it's about a year into this mission. Um, and I said, all right, I'm getting ready to turn 35 and I'm going to, and I'm not going to start 35 the same way I started 34 and 33 and 32 and 31 and so on and so forth. Right. And I said, all right, but I'm not just focused on physical wellness, right? Like I can't just, I can't just look the way that I want to look. Right. I have to feel the way that I want to feel. I have to be in the right mindset. I have to, so basically emotional health, mental health, physical health, spiritual health is where I was really heavily focusing in on. And I started avidly running and I haven't stopped except for the fact that it gets really cold up here. Um, and I've and I started eating better and I just started focusing on this. Now, this show, much like what you do, it's a taxing endeavor, right? Oh, yeah. Because I mean, you're, you're working with families and, and, and you're having to, to end the suffering of their oftentimes their non-human child and you have their stories and the moments when you're having to do, I couldn't do the work that you do. I, I commend you for it. I know I couldn't do it, but much like that in this show, I'm talking to people who have struggled. I'm talking to people who have, I'm, I'm a therapist without a degree and because I mean, we're, we're because honestly, that's the kinds of conversations that we're needing to have. Yeah, mental health is scary. This shit's not easy. But if it wasn't, if it was easy, the world would be, the world would just not be the same way, and it would be an impossible task. We would never know happiness. We would never know joy because we didn't have the opposite. One cannot exist without the other, and that's hard. It's hard, but you know, who wants to, like when you're on your deathbed, you know, when you get there, you want to look back and really see how far you've come. You know, you want to be challenged and that's now how we see it. You know, when there is an obstacle on our path, instead of feeling defeated or afraid, we're thinking, okay, we're going to be, we're going to grow so much here. Like how much better people can we become? Well, let's see, you know, <laughs> you get right. tested, but it's keeping oh, that God. resilience of, well, yeah, it, let's do the best we can. That's all we can do here. And that's what everybody, everybody right. else is in the same boat, you know? Um, and it's funny because 
it's kind of a sinking ship. You know, we know we're going to die. Like, we know how it ends. It's not pretty, but it's still like I love the movie, the Titanic, because the musicians are playing on the deck, you know, and until they're under <laughs> underwater. I mean, I want to go out like those guys. I yes, you want to go out with a bang. But, doing, you know, not, not with a bang, doing what you want. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes. Doing what yeah. you love with people who you love. Yes. Can't like get that, any better. Yeah. It, it shouldn't. Now, yeah. We, you and I, the rest of this community, because I mean, this community's nearly 50 guests deep now, plus all of the people who show their support on a regular basis and hound me for coming back. And um, often not as many as it should, but that's going to change. Yeah. Um, so let's get really hyper focused for one second. What were or what is or what was the your moment of deepest darkness and what did you do to get through it because we we've been kind of hinting around the subject but we haven't like i mean there's there's been a few but that move needing to close my euthanasia service was grieving it was grieving it was the death of something that i had created so and luckily my husband was there to say there's more to life there is us you know and clinging on to our relationship because this man is amazing and what we've built together i mean there's no per there's no people that are perfect like you would have met us 16 years ago when we got married we were two different people but the one thing that we've always clung on like hung on to is the potential that we see in each other and right. that's what kept us together. That's what kept us going. Like, yes, uh, you're trying your best. I'm trying my best. We can pull through this. And so grieving the the end of the euthanasia service was big. Um, now my, you know, now I struggle more with the, the I, I struggle with the pain of the world, you know, because I, so when Haley died also, and that was a big shift in my life, started the euthanasia service, but I also woke up. I became vegan pretty much overnight. It all hit me at once. Wow. Okay. How bad the world is. And, and my contribution, I felt so guilty for eating animals who are my friends, for, you know, any any garbage that I would throw out. Like, I want to live, I want to reach zero waste. Like, that's a big goal, and I'm not close to it. I, I, I have way less waste, less garbage than I used to because they say, no, you're trash, you know, look at what you're putting in the trash and then try not to buy it in the first place. But this is a huge undertaking and I'm hard, you know, I'm passionate. And I, I feel like I want to live my life the way everybody, the way I want everybody to be, but in the most sustainable way. So when I'm on my deathbed, I can really be proud of myself that I gave it my all, you know, and I right. juggled with all of those world's problems the best I could. So what do I do when I feel like uh, when I feel the pain, I, my only outlet is to turn pain into action. So, and my husband is doing that too. So he's a singer songwriter. He's singing, about, know. you know, we, we've talked off camera on that. He's yeah. singing about lyrics that matter, you know, to help the world, to get it off his chest, to, to inspire. Uh, we've held uh, seven compassion fest events. So they're just days of celebration for all the good in the world. And that's mainly healing us first, you know, we're sharing it with other people and trying to raise awareness, but it's first, most importantly, healing us that we're trying to do something for this world and trying to make people feel valued and loved. Like a lot of people have not made us feel, 
but you need to turn it around. If you wait for people to make yourself feel good, like you're going to wait a long time. So be that person that can just uh, feed your soul, like, you know, get it from your passions, really feed your soul from your passions and turn it around and go make somebody else's day um, right. better. Yeah. And so you, you hit on so much there and, and I hope everybody who's either listening or watching and just listen to that goes back and rewinds it because not right now, not in the live video, but in the, in the, in the after. So after this is not live, go re-listen to that particular se segment because that, that was a lot of importance that you just kind of shared. Um, thank you for that. You're welcome. I, I want to make an, a public apology because I realized very recently that I have been approaching the show and a few other, one of my other business endeavors all wrong. Right. And, and I, honestly, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to give it because of how I was raised. I was raised to put everybody and I mean, everybody above me, right. Raised in a very religious home, very, very strict, for at least for my formative years, very strict on how I was supposed to be, right? Put everybody else's needs above yourself, right? That's what a lot of a lot of religion says. Even when building these businesses, independent ear, my first passion, my my third child, building this podcast, this community, I've always said it's about. It's only about one. I want to touch one person with each episode. No. Because one's not enough. This community deserves far more than just to be affected by one person or affect only one person. I want this to be heard by as many people as is possible. I want the whole world to know about the show. No, I don't want the whole world to know about the show. The whole world needs to know about the work that we are doing here. Not just the work that I'm doing, but the work that each and every one of my guests that I've had past, present, and future are doing. Because we are having conversations that are powerful, that are world-altering, that are life-changing. And the world needs to hear them. Because there are somebody struggling on, there, there are thousands of people struggling every single day, not just in my community, not just in Joanne's community, not just on Instagram, on Facebook, real people with real stories, having real struggles and real concerns about their next day. This show, this community is for them. So I'm about to blow this thing up wide open, whatever you want to say. I'm about to 10X this show. I despise quoting Grant Cardone just now, but maybe he'll be in my next guest on the show. Who knows? Point being, if we are saying that we're only doing it for one person, we're only doing it to affect one, we're only doing it, oh, I'm just doing it to, to, to help spread the message. No. I'm doing this to change the world. Just like the work that Joanne's doing is to change the world. Just like every other guest that I have had. We aren't, right? We aren't the world. <laughs> just for one. And that's why I got it all wrong. So I'm about to advertise. 
I'm about to spread this name like wildfire. I want this to be the top rated podcast on every podcast platform, because guess what? A lot of big people that I, and I've started listening to podcasts again within the last like four to six weeks heavily. And I'm like, wait a second. There are big people. We're talking Andy Frisella, Ed Milet, Jay Shetty, all of these big, massive podcast hosts that are saying what I've been saying for the last year and a half, the last two years, if you look back to my content, be raw, be vulnerable, share your truth constantly, unwaveringly. And I'm like, wait a second. And it took me listening to, I think an Ed Milet podcast the other day, where his guests, I think, were the people that started the Skinny Confidential, which is another podcast and blog and so on and so forth. And they were like, we wanted to be vulnerable. I'm like, hell, fuck. That's what I've been talking about. Like, why just now? Why just now are people focusing on being vulnerable? Like, shit, we should have been vulnerable decades ago. Because maybe then, maybe then we wouldn't have lost the people that we've lost. And I'm not just talking about the celebrities. I'm not just talking about the neighbor. I'm talking about if we had set out a decade ago to say that it is okay to be vulnerable, that is okay and create safe places for people to share their stories like this, the world would be in a different place. We wouldn't have to be reacting to somebody dying of suicide. We wouldn't have to be sharing a sad face on a Facebook post because of Anthony Bourdain losing and losing him or Robin Williams or Chester Bennington or Chris Cornell or any of these other people, the celebrities and the hundreds of thousands of others that we lose every single year to this disease. Because if we had created safe places a decade ago, people would know that they can talk. And that's exactly what this community is. And that's exactly what this community will continue to be as a safe place. There will be no harboring hatred, animosity, judgment here. Oh, I'm fired up. Can you tell? Like, I'm, I'm awesome. going to get off my soapbox, soapbox for a minute. But I'm being absolutely sincere. We are living in a world that is, and I know, and I've, and I've been U-mapped by a very good friend of mine. I don't, anybody who wants to check that out, I'll drop a comment and a shout out. And I'll say this episode was sponsored by UMAP. You're welcome, Kristen. Um, I am a very big person that is a believer in what I do. I am very impactful. I am very, I have a lot of integrity, but the one thing that I have lacked more than I would ever care to admit, but I'm going to say it publicly now is action for myself. I do a lot of work and I'm constantly busy, but my action has been lacking at any mark. So point being, guys, ladies, gentlemen, them, they, whoever is watching. Now, it starts now. No more waiting. No more wondering. No more doubting yourself. No more not reaching out for help. No more not asking for help from those in your community. And I'm very prideful and it takes a lot for me to ask for help, but I'm gonna ask for help from anybody who hears this episode and every episode moving forward, share this.
unwaveringly share this because it needs to be heard. Um, so as we get ready to wrap up here in the next about 10, 15 minutes, I, I proliferate. I know I talk a lot. I get it. It's beautiful. I wanted, I You're saying the truth. I agree. Thanks. We need more people to hear this. Like I'm the, 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 we're going to get to something next. Um, but I want to know first and foremost, before we dive into kind of closing remarks and my last few minutes of proliferation, um, what right now in your life, and I typically say what's the most exciting thing, but I'm going to ask a two part question. First part, what is the thing that is causing you the most angst or frustration? Number one. And number two, what is the thing that is bringing you the biggest amount of joy? And then I have a third question to follow it up with, but I want I, those two are very important to know. What brings me the most frustration is that. I, I feel like I have a lot of answers from the animals and I'm very eager to make them, to share them with the world and I want to make them happen because I want the world to be a better place. But it's frustrating because a lot of people are afraid to listen or they're set in their ways, uh, don't care, um, have their own interests at heart that might mean, well, I'm not going to recycle and I'm not going to care for the animals I'm going to be greedy so greed is a big source of frustration because to me you know when you die you don't take anything with you so um that's frustrating to me that we would choose greed over caring for one another and ending suffering uh, ending suffering mm -hmm. is my life mission I'm here to end suffering and I know a lot of ways how to and uh, I'm going to fight for this because I care for I care about the animals and the people that are suffering unnecessarily in this world right what bring me what brings me joy is when i meet um free-spirited people like you and my husband who's a fighter and we're not going to give up you know when you meet other people that are so fired up and everything comes out of their heart and let's do this you know we're not going to give up right so that lifts my spirits and it may gives me hopes that it's, you know, we're here. What else do we have to do? What What is better to do while we're here anyway, stuck on this planet? Well, let's just, let's keep pushing the boundaries of what's acceptable and what's okay by society because we need to, we need to want to look outside the box for answers. You know, we need to be willing to change our ways of thinking. Otherwise, nothing's going to change around us. Amen, sister. Amen to that. Um, all right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, well, sounded like Elvis there for a second. Sorry about that, guys. Um, <laughs> see, the, the joys of a live podcast, right? I don't edit any of this out. And the main reason why I don't edit this out, and I think it's an important fact to know, right? We were talking about being vulnerable. We're talking about being a safe place, all of that. But, and as I was saying to Joanne before we started this conversation, I am not a content creator when it comes to this show. I am not a producer. I'm not a director. I am merely a curator of conversation, right? Because I don't edit any of this out. 
what you're hearing and what you're seeing right now will be what you're hearing and seeing in the final production, right? Because it's not up to me where you guys take the impact from. It's not up to Joanne. What's most important for you guys to hear? What's most important is what you take from this and where you take it from. Because that's what this world is missing. This world is missing the ability to interpret and de deliver for yourself. Not because of this person who's creating content because they want you to take this specific thing from it. Not that that's bad. That's got to exist, right? Remember good and evil, happiness, sadness. Like it's got to exist because we cannot know one without the other. I was just tired. Fuck tired. I was pissed off that there are these people in their high and mighty thrones telling you what you should do with your life and how you should do it. And then you guys, myself included, going with it blindly. This is not that show. If you want that show, go to Gary Vee, go to Grant Cardone, you'll find it. This is a show where we're talking about real life. We know being an entrepreneur, building businesses is not easy. Being a creator, a musician, an artist, a doctor, a physician, a surgeon, fuck. Being a human is not easy. But together, we can push through. Together, we can make an impact. Together, we can change the world. And I set out a mission eight years ago when I started my record label because I knew that I knew two things about the music industry then. I know a lot more now. But I knew two things then. Number one, the industry was fucked up. Industry's broken. Industry's flawed. Number two, relationships have the power to change the world. And I figure if I can create world-changing relationships, maybe, just maybe, I can fix a broken industry. And then it, that dream expanded. That dream cultivated this show, which in its entire initial iteration of the show was going to be an online interactive book, right? But because I was a broke kid, didn't have the money to do it then, it died. And I unfortunately let it go into this hiatus mode until March of 2018 when I brought it back. And admittedly, I've taken breaks from producing this show, from producing content in general, because it's exhausting. But I will always be real. 100% all the time, you guys will get the real me. Now. You guys only see parts of me, but the parts that I, I show because life and real reality, right? I'm not going to show all of it because it's messy. It involves other people. Like I'm not, you guys will see me always forever because you got everybody that's listening to this, watching this, that's been a part of this community deserves it. Um, if. Now I'm going to switch it back to you before I continue my proliferation here because this, again, is not the Ryan show. I just haven't produced an episode in like six weeks, and I have a lot of people to get caught up on. But um, what is the best platform for people to get a hold of you? And if somebody wanted to reach out to you and say and have a conversation to, one, learn more about you, want to have a private conversation with you, maybe consult with you about the work that it is that you do as a may have a struggling pet um, or have recently lost one and are struggling with how to cope with it. Um, where is the best place for somebody to get a hold of you? 
on my website because it has the links to all other social media okay. platforms. <clears throat> I spend more time on Facebook and yeah, via my website, you can email me, call me even. So okay. the website is haleysangels.com. It's www.haleysangels.com. Awesome. Thank you. Um, okay. Much like, much like Haley, I'm, or much like Joanne and her website, I'm ever available everywhere. In fact, I make myself so available, so much so that my phone number that rings this cell phone right here, not an assistant's phone, not somebody else's phone on the other side of the world, not some random fake number that you guys think that or you're talking directly to that person. I see you, Gary V. I know what you're doing. Um, it rings my phone. That one right over, sitting right over there. I do soon, maybe soon. I'll have to limit how accessible I am because <laughs> law of averages and the more work that you do, the more people see you. And the, but point being, if you guys want to get access to me, you have it. We can talk about life, love, pursuit of happiness, all of that all day long. When it comes to being a human, I'm always there first. But when it comes to business, that's a different conversation entirely. And I'm going to make it known. I have to get that out there because people will hit me up and then it'll start off as like private conversation. And then it'll turn into how I can help them with business. And I have a very difficult time in creating a boundary and separation of personal and business. So I'm setting that intention now. I'm speaking it to the universe. I hope the universe listens. Um, But one of the big projects, and I've been talking about it for eight months now, stopping to talk now, action, right? Um, when it comes to mental health and mental health resources, while it is in abundance, right? Because we have this fancy thing that came around a while ago called Google. And every business under the sun is available on Google to anybody anywhere in the world at any given time. Infinite technology, right? But if you are a person who is struggling with a mental health condition, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, alcoholism, um, PTSD, any like traumatic things, and you go to Google and you type in, I'm suffering with depression, any of the aforementioned ones that I had listed before and any of the ones I didn't list before but exist and you hit the search button and then you could be in the smallest city in the country in the world and you're going to get flooded with search responses right try it you're going to listen to this episode try i'm struggling with or type in depression or anxiety or stress or any of these other things abuse emo like type it in and watch the amount of responses that you get flood your screen and we all know that when you're struggling with a mental health condition, a lot of it's based around anxiety, right? And when you're struggling with anxiety and you're presented with a million of search options, we know you're not gonna take action on those, right? You might click the first one, you might go to the second one, but you're not gonna take action because too many choices. And the inability to properly discern between what is best for you in that moment 
or maybe that moment that your friend is having and you're trying to help them out. I found a way to fix it. Again, broken system, solution. We are going to create a, a system, a tool. I want to say an app, but it might not yet be an app. I don't know. I'm still working on the back end stuff where the user interface is simple. You type in, you literally will fill in the blank with what you're struggling with. And based on where you are in the world and what it is that you are struggling with, you'll be presented with a short list of options. Five, 10, not any more than 10 of resources that are available to you, near you with what you're struggling with. It, 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 I don't care where you are in the world, we're gonna make it available to anybody and everybody because there's no other option. But the options that you'll be presented with are call them, message them because we'll have some level of internal messaging inside of the system. Or three, go to where they are. Take action. All of those three are action-based. And oh yeah, by the way, we'll know when you're looking and we'll be able to reach out to you because that's how the system will work. Foolproof, human system based on getting people help where they need it, when they need it most. I guarantee you, if a system like this existed 10 years ago, 20 years ago, hell, last year, I think we would have saved some of the ones that we've lost. And you want to make the world a better place? You want to end suffering? I do too. I want to end it in a lot of different ways, but this is the way that I'm focused on right now in this conversation. So if you're out there, if you're listening, I want to know every single resource everywhere in the world because we are going to create a database that is so massive. I don't want to know, let me rephrase, not every resource. I want to know the resources that are fucking worth it because we all know that there are shit therapists. We all know that there are horrible counseling systems. We, we all know that health systems are terrible sometimes, right? I don't want to know the bad ones. I want to know the ones that are doing good work, the ones that want to help, the ones that want to change the world like I want to change the world, like Joanna wants to change the world, like D. Grant Smith, my last guest, wants to change the world, like every other guest that I've had on the show wants to change the world because that is the overarching theme of everybody. They want to create an impact. They want to leave this world a better place than when they entered it. I'm fired up still, can you tell? I need to do videos again. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm done proliferating. We're, we're over, but I, I want to end this as I've ended nearly every other piece of video content that I've released in the last year and a half, two years, whatever the number. It's a little mantra, a little quote, a little statement of power, however you want to phrase it. And it is as follows. Number one, be happy. And all of this is, you, you take this for what it means to you, not for what it means to me, not for what I'm telling you, but what it means to you. Number two is have fun because life is way too fucking short to not have fun. And number three, work day in, day out, unwaveringly work on yourself, on your connections, on your passions, on your business, at your job, 
Whatever it is that you need to do every single day, just work. But know this, believe this, feel this. There is no amount of work, hustle, any of those other adjectives and buzzwords that are thrown around on social media nowadays. There is no amount of work on this planet. Fuck, any planet, anywhere in the world, universe, I don't care. doesn't exist. That will bring you true happiness or true fun. So it is absolutely critically important that you find and live those two things every single day. Because work will happen. Work is necessary. But you need to find those two first. And if you're not finding them, you're doing something wrong. So go and look somewhere else. And that is, that is your permission slip if you needed one to go out and find it. I don't know if you needed one, but in case you did, you got it just now. Like, go back a couple of seconds and listen. But most importantly, most importantly of all, make sure you find time, make time, deliver time to breathe. Even if you just say that word once a day, you'll be forced to breathe. It's kind of fun how that works, huh? Anyways, my friends, I will be back with feverish regularity in these coming days and weeks because it is important. These conversations are important. You are important. But until next time, please, 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 if you need help, you are not alone. You do have a community. This is your community. Connect. We are here.